did I just see a ghost? Ah, ah, ah. You know the blue people with the uh, tails? Hey, good game, shooter. We transition from to Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello. From the studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Down. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Josh Witt, and this is episode 22, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Why the long faces? I can't tell you how I can do this, but I can tell right now your face if you're thinking about the status of WVU basketball this season is a long face sad depressing yes West Virginia has lost seven in a row if this wasn't the seventh loss in a row and I can't I can't tell you that it's not uh, I can't tell you that West Virginia is not in a seven game losing streak because they absolutely are and I can't tell you that Huggins has only done this twice since he's been at WVU, lose seven games in a row, and the last time it happened was 2013. I I can't not tell you that, right? But if this wasn't the seventh loss in a row, we'd be talking about how great the effort was, short man, against a top 20 team in Texas Tech. We'd be like, man, didn't have high expectations because, you know, Taz Sherman didn't play. Our leading scorer, right? Yes, West Virginia sitting last in the Big 12. In the seven-game losing streak, six of those seven losses are against the top four teams in the conference. A lot of those are road games. The average Ken Palm rating of the last seven opponents is 16. One, six. There's 360-plus teams in Division I basketball, and we basically played the 16th-ranked team seven games in a row. (laughs) So it goes in the Big 12, but that's what it is. So West Virginia is not the 17th-best team. But you could be the 17th best team in the country and lose those seven games, right? You could be the underdog in all of those seven games if you're ranked 21st in the country. If the teams you're playing, four of those games against Baylor and Texas Tech, one game at Kansas, Baylor got destroyed at Kansas today, and we know Baylor's a really good basketball team. Trying to explain their Oklahoma game. But still, this this team has not been in the top 25 at any point in the season. So nine games left. Seven of those games are against the bottom half of the conference. So not necessarily easier because there's no real bottom to this conference. And every team, including West Virginia, 
Every team in this conference, including the Mountaineers, I know it doesn't feel this way, but I believe this. West Virginia is a good team. Every team in this conference is good. But if you get to choose between the top half of the conference and the bottom of the half of the conference to play games against, to get wins, and West Virginia desperately needs a win, then I'll go with the bottom half of the conference, right? Seven games against the bottom half. The other two you get at home, Kansas and Texas, okay? So it's not out of the realm of possibility that West Virginia can win win another game this season. (laughs) You know, I hear people say they may not win another game. Yeah, I guess. Lord, I mean, anything can happen. We know that watching this season of WVU basketball. But also, it's not out of the realm of possibility for this team to go, let's say, six and three in the final nine games. Right? And then that, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm saying it is in the realm of possibility that you could win more than you lose in these last nine games. If you go six and three, that puts you at eight and ten in either the first or second best conference in the country. Then you get to the conference tournament, you win a game there, you get to a magic 20 wins. Isn't that insane? That in a season where West Virginia loses seven in a row, you wouldn't be shocked if they won 20 games. And the tournament doesn't care about that stuff. They have their system and they have humans who are going to choose who gets into the tournament besides the conference tournament winners. But if you're eight and 10 in this league, then, and you don't have any bad losses, that Marquette loss looks less and less worse each day. And you get the 20 wins. I think you get in the NCAA tournament. That's right. You can win. I mean, excuse me. You can lose seven games in a row and still talk about a path to getting to the NCAA tournament. And then in a game where, or in a season where we've seen all the things, you know, get a good draw, see what happens. That, that, is, that is the ceiling of this season that is still in play despite what's happened in the last seven games and truthfully uh, since the turn of the new year. So this game, West Virginia led it at the half, should have been up more, just some really bad turnovers, and and that led to... Texas Tech staying in the game. But obviously they were coming down off of a emotional win at home against Chris Beard in Texas. So I was hopeful that they would play the first half that they did, that they looked flat. And then in the second half, you know what they did? Instead of missing a ton of threes, they said, you know, we can score in the paint. All of our guys are 6'8". 
not every one of their guys are six eight. Uh, let's get it in the paint and let's see what we can do. And for a few minutes, and, and this is the turning point of the game. The six point lead evaporates. Shannon comes back, and they just—it's not like they were revolutionizing offense. They just weren't settling for threes. They were getting the ball five feet and in, and their guys made shots. And uh, let's be very clear, and we all saw this, West Virginia did not make shots in the second half. Some of that credit goes to Texas Tech, and some is just the story of the season. They just, uh, with Sherman Addis especially, a fantastic Jalen Bridges first half, and then Texas Tech probably at halftime is like, uh, that, uh, that guy in the pepperoni roll commercial that we've all seen and love, uh, we've got to pay more attention to him in the second half because he's killing us. And they did that. And West Virginia looked around, and there was not another guy that could fill that offensive threat, right? Gabe tried. God bless Gabe Osaboyan. What a – he is trying his hardest. He is fighting and scrapping. He's getting ready to fight the other team, and they actually just – respect his hustle like he's screaming at him they're screaming back at him i never once felt like it was gonna like a fight was gonna break out that's how that's how much that man cares he's been put in a tough position where i don't think going into this season gabe was expecting to be carrying trying to carry this offense at times and that's what we have in february of this season is gabe to the rescue and I don't mind watching Gabe to the rescue and he's doing his best and you can see the improvement uh, from his first year at WVU and even from last year to this year, he made six out of 10 free throws. So he wasn't a liability from the free throw line. I mean, we're talking about a guy that was making less than three out of 10 early in the season. He makes six out of 10 today. He's doing everything he can He's been put in this position. We don't have anybody else stepping up. Uh, and But we only made four field goals in the second half. <laughs> I mean, so West Virginia shot, shot 24% in this game, and this was a seven-point win for Texas Tech. It was closer than that. That was their biggest lead of the game was seven, Texas Tech. West Virginia hung in a game where they made four field goals in a half. That I'm not trying to make you feel better. I'm just telling you what happened. And we knew that West Virginia, after shooting the lights out against Baylor, they weren't going to do that two games in a row. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting 24% correction, right? But I definitely was expecting a lower field goal percentage, especially, again, without Taz Sherman. But in this idea of it's don't, don't count the season over, again, Bridges gave you a good half. DeMond Kerrigan was 4-4 from the free throw line. Polly had nine rebounds. Gabe had five blocks. Listen, uh, Taz, uh, obviously, hopefully, 
for just outside of basketball. Hope he recovers well and gets back to uh, back to a hundred percent mentally after suffering a concussion. But selfishly for this basketball team, Taz gets to play. Yeah, he's going to have to shake off some rust, but he gets back in the groove. Give Kobe Johnson and Seth Wilson more minutes at guard. This is not a reaction to today. It's just a reaction of, I mean, what? I mean, Huggins is saying at, after seven losses, he doesn't know what to do with the rotation. Uh, and all the caveats, 900 plus wins, uh, probably going into the Hall of Fame at some point, and deservingly so, knows more, he has more basketball knowledge in his pinky than I do or ever know in any of my body ever, right? All the caveats. And he put the English guy in, the British guy in today, the big guy. But we got to see more minutes because we have enough from the, especially the point guard position, but just across the board at the guard position, where what's it going to hurt to to get spot minutes uh, more than what they're doing right now with Kobe and and Seth for this season, and also. We're at the point when you lose seven games in a row, even though I said don't count the season out, you got you gotta this does give you the opportunity to see what you have to try to build for the future. When you think of this team as 13 and 9, when you lose seven games in a row, it makes you think about Huggins uh least successful teams in his career at WVU. You think about 2013. You think about 2019. I mean, that's fresh in our mind, 2019. You watch that game today, and this was not what the team was facing in 2019. It's not the same thing. This team, and maybe Gabe is masking the the quit, but I don't think it's just him. Everybody's still trying hard, and the effort's really good, and they haven't checked out like that 2019 team did. Uh, but even with all that said, you got in 2019, guys got kicked off the team and freshmen played and they won a couple of games in the Big 12 tournament and positioned themselves to to do better and improve in specifically the next season, and even the season after that, which they did. And so I don't care if they do go six and three. It, it should be with additional minutes for the young guys and the guys that are going to be on the roster next year just to see what you have. And it's a great opportunity to get them reps against really good competition because, yes, this is the bottom half of the conference. It's still really good competition. So Huggins sounds frustrated, but he is not – as much as he's saying we, we need to play, I'm apologizing the freshmen and we need to get some guys in. Uh, he hasn't given up the idea that this team can turn it around and do enough to, to get to the tournament. 
And if they make the NCAA tournament, regardless of if they win a, a game or not, I'm going to point to this season as a success because that was pretty close to my prediction at the beginning of the year and what my expectation was for this season, which is you can't you can't be better than last year because of the losses you experienced in personnel. But this is a roster full of good players. And yes, there's been some frustrating parts to this season. But if you make the tournament with this team, I mean, we, we've seen this team play now for 22 games. We know, we kind of know what we got. And to get to the tournament with this team, that's a success. And it's, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying there is a path that we, that we can't rule out yet. What, what I'll also say is that if West Virginia loses the next game, <laughs> then all my optimism gets thrown out and we'll do the, um, then you just got to plan for next year with eight games left. West Virginia can go six and three. They got to win the next one. I don't know what the difference is between losing seven in a row and eight in a row versus it's just one game. But if you can't win the next one, like at some point, <laughs> at some point you got to win again. Right? Gosh, I hope, I mean, think about that. Think. I don't want to say it out loud. How about that? Randall Thoughts coming up. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country now. Sportsbook isn't in your state. Play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. So here's what you do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5, get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 or older, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Voidware prohibited gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. What's that? You need a... I thought we were doing this all digitally. You gotta, you gotta replace the tape. How are we recording this podcast?
Okay. Well, just let me know when it, when we're ready to record. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. I think I got um inspiration from that Beatles documentary. What I just did is pretty much how the Beatles create their <laughs> I'm just kidding. Are we almost close? Have you watched it? Oh my gosh. So it's pretty wild. Especially the part where one of the Beatles, and they're geniuses, right? But somebody said, you know what we need? We need an anvil. <laughs> and then and then an anvil shows up where they're recording. It's, uh, and then, uh, I don't think any of the Beatles hit the anvil. I haven't watched the whole thing yet. But they have another person hit the anvil during the song. It's just a definite choice that I guess what I'm saying is back in 1969, a Beatle could say, I need an anvil. And within minutes in 1969, like, you know how we have like DoorDash and all this stuff, all the conveniences, how like somebody says to you, Hey, listen, like we're, you know how we record a podcast. What if I said to you, you know what I need for the podcast tonight? An anvil. What would you do? Like, in theory, you'd go to Amazon and, and like, type in anvil and use Prime Shipping and say, Josh, it's going to take a couple of days, but I got the anvil, right? Or you tell me, like, you do some anvil shopping and you'd be like, hey, this is how much the anvil is. This is how quick we can get it. But in Nitro, West Virginia, I, I, like I don't even. I'm asking you, like how how difficult would it be to? I don't think I can go over to the to the hardware store and get an anvil. Maybe I'm wrong. I've never seen an anvil at Walmart, right? Have you? That's what I'm saying. So today with technology and and how and all the conveniences it still take at minimum a couple of days to get me an anvil and in 1969 in london uh paul mccarty says i need an anvil for a song and that day he gets an anvil that's it i don't know and they don't even explain it like it's not i there's so much to take in watching the Beatles like fly on the wall, watching the Beatles at the end of their uh, being a group or just, I, I would imagine anytime watching them figure out how to come up with music that everybody knows. Like it, it comes out of, out of, out of nowhere into somewhere and to watch that is pretty amazing. 
my mind is focused on how how they got an anvil so quick. <laughs> and they love to just they like they're showing the Beatles eat breakfast. All they want is toast. And the toast comes in like like the toast is is pre- presented in like separators. Like it, there's not like a plate with toast laying on top of each other. I guess that messes up. When you're a beetle, you need your toast a certain way. And for the beetles, and spoiler alert, are we recording yet? Are we ready? Let's make not let's make sure not to talk about this on the podcast. But like when they get their toast, the toast can't be touching each other. They've got they got something that they can give the Beatles as like a a presentation for toast where they're in like grooves. There's toast grooves. There's a there's a way to file toast that the Beatles were hip to in 69. And that's all they wanted for breakfast. I just want a piece of I just want a piece of toast. I'm sure they were putting like honey or something on it. I don't know what British British people put on their toast. Jam. They probably put jam on it, and that's a different thing. And I didn't see – maybe they were putting jam on the toast. I don't remember. I just remember how they were getting the toast. And, number one, like, I I never saw a toaster. But a, but toast just, like, showed up. Yeah, they're the Beatles. Right. They get what they want. I get it. I understand. It's wild. You should definitely watch it. It's like eight hours of just watching people record music. And I'm sure other people would have a better description of it. It's fascinating. Don't watch it late at night, though. You could uh, you could probably put you to sleep. We're ready? Okay. <clears throat> All right. Should we talk about the anvil? That's stupid, right? Don't talk about that on the podcast? Okay. And the t- you think it, the toast thing is worthy to? Yeah, that's that's dumb too. Well, I mean, but w- is anything not dumb that I say into this microphone? <clears throat> All right, good show, everybody. I mean, it, like we're not on the team, but the effort I'm seeing putting together this podcast, the effort's still there. Just like the team, the effort's still there. We're not the best podcast, but we're we're putting in the effort even in a losing streak. Right? I don't do we can you take losses on a podcast? Maybe I could talk about that on the podcast. Maybe I should stop saying the word podcast before I start recording. All right, here we go. But also me talking about that means I would like uh, I would like to have toast during the podcast, and I don't, I do not want my toast touching. Uh, you know, I'm just kidding. But also, like, look for that on on Amazon too. Okay, where are we at on the anvil? No, I, I'm just kidding. I do. I don't want an anvil. Okay, final thoughts or shoot. All right, so here we go. We're on random thoughts, right? Here we go. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt.
interact with the show. That just means interact with me on social media, on Twitter at I'm Josh Witt, on Instagram at Unreasonable Doubt WV, on the Facebook at Unreasonable Doubt WV, or just type it in the search bar. Interact. Final thoughts of this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. The next game for WVU is a big one. Remember how I said the Oklahoma game was a big one? This one's double that. Triple that. This one's for all the marbles in my mind. This is a Tuesday game, 7 p.m., ESPN Plus, at the Coliseum, West Virginia faces the Iowa State Cyclones. Iowa State is having not a great 2022, just like us. They've won more games than us. They've won four games in the new year. They got a much better draw in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, beating Missouri by 17. But they have some good wins that we don't this year. They beat Texas. They beat Texas Tech. This new coach, Otzelberger, you remember how Iowa State used to play defense? They play defense way better than that now. Ken Palm defensive rating for Iowa State is number six in the country. That's my dog drinking water in the background. And so that's night and day compared to what Iowa State used to be. So really good defensively. They struggle on offense like we do. They lost a day by 22 to Texas at Texas. And then they're coming to Morgantown. So hopefully we're catching Iowa State in a tough spot. Don't expect a ton of scoring based on both of these teams' preferences and how they play basketball. Don't know Taz's availability even if he is available to go, he's got to be winded. Man, I don't know. I don't know in concussion protocol what you're allowed to do. Is he allowed to work out? I don't. His. So I don't know what to expect. Let's just go ahead and assume that Taz isn't going to play this game. And you need this one because after this game for WVU, West Virginia plays. Four of their next five on the road, right? With a home game with Kansas as the as the meat to that sandwich. So, yes, it's against Oklahoma State, Kansas State, TCU, and Iowa State. But they're all road games. Every road game is difficult. So, with that in front of you, you got to win. You got to win Tuesday night. You got to find a way. I'm not saying to bribe the refs. Because that you should absolutely not do that, and you should not play dirty. Outside of those things, do whatever you can to win the game. Because it's that important. It's like it's like quadruple the importance of that Oklahoma game, which West Virginia lost. But they cannot lose this game. All the stuff I said in the first segment, I don't think they can happen if West Virginia loses this one. Because at some point, 
the levy breaks. At some point, you get guys checking out. And that's just, that's not a WVU thing. That's not an indictment on these guys or the coaching staff. It's just when you lose eight in a row, it just increases. The more times you lose in a row, the more chance you're going to check out. So that's what's in, that's what's in play, and we'll see what happens. Until next time, well, oh, thank you for listening to Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms, or just pick one: Apple Podcast, Spotify Podcast, Google Podcast, Overcast Podcast, Podbean, Castbox. Uh, rate the podcast five stars wherever you're listening to this. Hit the follow button. That helps this podcast. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2021-2022 season. 13 wins, 9 losses. <laughs>